Welcome to Hot Copy Radio Theater. You are about to hear a cast of very talented voice performers recreate a long-lost episode of Hot Copy, an exciting audio drama about the wild adventures of a young woman newspaper reporter, which was broadcast on the NBC radio network between 1941 and 1944. This recreation is adapted from the original script. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. It's time for Hot Copy, the vivid drama behind the paragraphs of a daily newspaper column. Hot Copy is the absorbing story of a young newspaper woman, Ann Rogers, a clever, attractive girl with a nationally syndicated column, Second Glance, in which she uncovers many events which other, less courageous reporters would be afraid to touch. Her stories, in the words of her adventurous profession, are always hot copy. Now, listen to this new and exciting episode in which she again seeks hot copy in today's story, Murder on the Air. Adapted from the original script as broadcast on radio Sunday, January 23rd, 1944. This is von Gruner. Don't try to answer if there's anyone in your office. Just listen carefully. Tonight, Dr. Jensen, the chairman of the Norwegian Patriots League in America, is scheduled to speak in a coast-to-coast broadcast, originating from your radio station. You knew? Yeah. Well, you realize, of course, that this speech must not be made. The people of Norway are restless enough already. He might say exactly the right words to light the fuse, and the Norwegians will turn on us openly. And the Svaterland can't spare our soldiers to fight on another front at this important stage of the war. We need every man and every possible bit of help to strengthen our resistance until the war is over on our terms. Do you understand? Good. Then it is up to you to see that Dr. Jensen's speech is not delivered. Because otherwise, the U.S. will make certain that it is recorded and smuggled to all of the underground anti-Nazi organizations in Norway and all across Europe. But if Dr. Jensen does not speak, we will gain precious time. So, do you know what to do? Good. We were very wise to have planned for just such a case. And that is why you are where you are. Very well. Then you'll carry out the plan exactly as we prepared it.
I believe Norway will rise again, Miss Rogers. I'm sure of it, Dr. Jensen. I recently met a military expert who told me that the Norwegian underground is getting more and more weapons and supplies into the country. Of course, their Nazi friends try to prevent them. With machine guns. <sighs> yes. That is the price one must pay for freeing oneself from the master race. I'm afraid so, Doctor. I feel so sorry for your country. Another nation conquered by the Nazi war machine. But I know that your people have never given up the fight. Not even for a minute. Very true. Yes, and that's one reason we invited Dr. Jensen to speak to his countrymen over the network. We feel that if he, speaking as a free Norwegian, can do anything to encourage his people, the effort will be well worthwhile. But now I think it's time we were getting over to the studio. Don't you? Miss Norris? Yes, sir? Have you finished typing Dr. Jensen's speech? Yes, sir. Good. Could you bring it to me, please? Right away, Mr. Murphy. Thank you. That's that. Now, as soon as you get your copy, we'll go right to the studio. Here are the scripts, sir. I've marked Dr. Jensen's copy. Thank you. This is my stenographer and receptionist, Miss Judy Morris. Nice to meet you. Sorry to keep you so late, Miss Morris. Oh, it was no trouble at all, sir. I enjoyed reading your speech, Dr. Jensen. Thank you very much. Here you are, Doctor. I'll take care of the duplicates. Now, if you'll follow me, the studio is just down the hall. Well, it's a few minutes before airtime. I see that Mac is ready to start. Hey, Mac! Come here for a minute. I want you to meet our guests. Have you got a copy of the script for me, Bill? Yes. Here you go. Dr. Jensen, this is Joe McDonald. He's the announcer who will put you on and take you off. Mac, meet Dr. Jensen. How do you do? Glad to know you, sir. And, of course, you've heard of Miss Rogers. Not Miss Ann Rogers, who writes Second Glance. Yes, I'm afraid so. <laughs> well, this is a surprise. I've read your column often, Miss Rogers. What? Not regularly? Well, unfortunately, radio announcers don't get much opportunity to read anything regularly. Except advertisements for face cream or floor wax. <laughs> easy, Mac, easy. Don't bite the sponsor that feeds us. You haven't met our third guest, Miss Poole. She's Miss Rogers' assistant. Hello, how do you do? Miss Poole, so you're the girl who bites her fingernails. Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I heard Miss Rogers mention it in a radio interview that I happened to hear. Now see, Annie? I asked you not to say anything about... Sprightly. Just admit it. Huh? I... I don't understand. Just admit it. Um... I heard what you said, Annie, but... Uh... What does admit it mean? Sprightly, how do you not know? I... Well... 
Oh, never mind. It means just tell the truth. Oh, but tell the truth about what? Well, that you do bite your fingernails. I know I do, but with some of the scrapes that you've gotten us into, I'm surprised that I haven't chewed them all the way down to the knuckle. However, sister, you didn't need to tell everybody in the entire world. Don't let it disturb you, Miss Poole. After all, you're not the only person on earth with a bad habit. For example, I'm a thumb-wetter myself. When I read, I lick and turn, lick and turn over and over again. And I'm an ear-puller. I've yanked my left earlobe practically down to my collar. And I'm a knuckle-cracker. Whenever I get excited, I sound like a box of firecrackers. All right, all right, I understand. But all your habits are a secret. <laughs> well, it's almost airtime. Mac, please show Dr. Jensen how to talk into the mic. Will do. Come with me, Doctor. Miss Rogers, Miss Poole, if you'd like to listen to the broadcast from the control room with me. Gee, sure. Well, if it's allowed. Of course. Just come this way. Now through here. Miss Rogers, Miss Poole. Hello, Mueller. Everything okay? Yeah, I guess so. Ladies, this is Otto Mueller. He operates the controls. Mueller, this is Miss Rogers and Miss Poole. Hi there. How do you do? Hello. Here's the script, Mueller. Have you got a level on the doctor's voice yet? How could I? He just sat down. I'll test him now. What does he mean, Annie? Does he mean that Dr. Jensen's not on the level? No, Sprightly. It's like this. They have to make sure that he's not too close to the mic or too far away before he goes on the air. They call that getting a level. Oh, I see. When the control man pushes that button, that's when we will hear their voices in here. There. I think that should do it. Are you comfortable, Dr. Jensen? Yes, thank you. <coughs> huh. Somebody throw that seal of fish. Never mind, Mueller. Jensen's a very important man. Yeah, yeah, I know. Can you hear us okay in there? Are we all right? <coughs> well, why doesn't someone answer him? They did. Didn't you see the control operator nod? <coughs> Dr. Jensen, maybe a cough drop will fix that. Here you go. Thank you, my boy. <coughs> Mueller, please bring him a cup of water. Who, me? Oh, sure, I've got nothing else to do. A very pleasant man, that Mueller. Oh, he's a sourball, all right. But he's one of the best control operators in the business. Here's some water. Please drink. Thank you. Uh, do any of you gentlemen happen to have a cigarette? Nope. I don't smoke. I'm sorry, sir. Too bad. I guess I'm just a little nervous now that it's almost time for me to talk. I had a hunch this would happen. <laughs> the doc is a chain smoker. They told me that. 
so I brought a pack just in case. So, if you'll excuse me, I'll take him a cigarette. Well, now if you think of an excuse to leave, I'll be all by my lonesome self in here. <laughs> well, I guess they know what they're doing, Sprightly. Here's a cigarette, Doctor. Oh, thank you, Mr. Murphy. Ah, that's better. Much better. Sorry to be such a nuisance. I see you've had my speech retyped. I hope you didn't find it necessary to change anything. Oh, no. We wouldn't change a word. We had to do it for technical reasons, though. You see, your speech was originally typed on crackly bond paper. The microphone is so sensitive, it picks up and intensifies the noise you make shuffling the sheets. Do you got a piece of bond paper over there, Mac? Thanks. It's like this, Doctor. Listen. Golly, Annie, that sounds like a, a forest fire or something. Yes, exactly. That's how they reproduce the crackling of a fire on some radio shows. Is that right? So, you see, we had the speech retyped on this soft, rattle-proof paper, Dr. Jensen. And, of course, there had to be additional copies for the control man, the announcer, yourself, and one for the file. I see. Well, it's almost airtime. We better get back where we belong, Mueller. Best of luck, sir. Thank you. I hope I won't cough on the air. <laughs> well, Sprightly, what now? I was just thinking, if he coughs now, after them giving him cough drops, water, and a cigarette, it won't be the cough that carries him off, it'll be a coffin they'll need to carry him off in. <laughs> He will address a nationwide audience on behalf of the Norwegian Patriots League in America. And now, the next voice you will hear will be Dr. Eric Jensen. Ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Uh-oh. Hush, Brightly. I speak to you today as one who loves liberty, as sincerely as all good Americans. How's the level, Mueller? Okay, so far. But though I speak to an audience in the United States, it is really to my unhappy countrymen in faraway Norway that I address my heartfelt sentiments. Look, Annie. Sprightly, please. He wasn't kidding. He is a... Please. Sorry. The time has come for Norwegians to rise against the enemy and overwhelm him. Well? Well, what? What's the matter? Why did he stop? Too long. This war. This war. This war. Jeepers. His needle's caught in the groove. Sprightly, don't joke. There's something wrong. Look at his face. This... this war must... must... Oh, my lord. He fainted. <gasps> oh, my. Great guns. Mueller, cut over, quick. Tell the announcer in Studio G to take over. Uh, yes, yes, uh, right away. Come on, Miss Rogers, Miss Poole. Let's go into the studio. 
Mac! Mac, what's wrong? I... I don't know. He just passed out cold. Is he all right? Mueller, could you get some water? He... No. Never mind the water, Mueller. What? Why? He doesn't need it. What do you mean? If he fainted... He hasn't fainted, Miss Rogers. Dr. Jensen is dead. We'll return to Hot Copy in just a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. There's something about me you don't know. During the day, I'm Anna Cat Walker. Wearing? Right. And at night, I am amazing woman. So you're serious. <laughs> I married amazing woman! My Amazing Woman. Wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Daddy-o. And now, back to Hot Copy. Death, swift and mysterious, has struck in a studio of a world-famous radio station, directly in front of the eyes of Ann Rogers. Now, the police have arrived, and are investigating. Annie, how much longer do we have to stay here? It's been an hour now. Yes, I know, Sprightly. But we can't leave until the police say we can. Hey! Just a minute, you! Just where do you think you're going? Uh... Me? Yes, you. I wasn't talking to myself. I was on my way downstairs. I got work to do. Unfortunately, that's just too bad. We are still investigating exactly what happened. You'll need to stay right here. Until I say you can go. What? Now see here, copper. You'll stay put. Unless you want to spend a night in the clink. Okay, okay, I... I get it! Um, if you don't mind, Inspector, I'd like to go to my office. I'm only a producer here. I've got to get in touch with the station manager and let him know what's going on. So, I need to make a call. There's a telephone in this room. If you've got any calls to make, you can make them from here. But there's no sense in staying here. They've taken Dr. Jensen's body away. Yeah, down to the morgue for an autopsy. But nobody is getting out of my sight until I get the coroner's report. Yes? I, uh... The policeman outside said I could come in. Who are you, miss? I... She's my stenographer, Miss Judy Morris. All right. And what do you want here? Nothing in particular. I I just thought I should check on whether Mr. Murphy needed anything. Yes, I most certainly do need something, Miss Morris. I'm glad you're here. I thought you'd gone home a long time ago. I, I had some letters I wanted to finish before I left. Meanwhile, the office radio was on and I was listening to Dr. Jensen speak. And when I heard the interruption, I knew there was something wrong. So I decided to wait, just in case I might be needed. Glad you did. Please call Mr. Evans for me and tell him. Studio A, this is McDonald. Who? Yes, it's for you, Inspector. Collins, what's that? The coroner? Yes? He was? That's all I wanted to know. Thanks. 
Okay, bye. Well, Inspector, what is it? It's trouble. Bad trouble. For somebody in this room. Dr. Jensen was murdered. Murder? But, but that's impossible. Why should anyone here want to murder Dr. Jensen? That is something I don't know, but I intend to find out. But how was he murdered? Poison. There was enough quick-acting poison in his system to kill a horse. Poison? But how could he have been poisoned, Danny? Nobody forced him to take strychnine or pushed a needle into him, and there were five of us right here watching. Yes, but there were three of us who could have given him the poison. What? Murphy, MacDonald, or Mueller. Annie, you must be... No, now I get it. The poison was in or on something that Dr. Jensen put in his mouth. Exactly. Mr. Murphy gave him a cigarette. Mr. MacDonald gave him a cough drop. Mueller poured him a glass of water, which might not have been merely a glass of water. How could any of those three know the poison method would work? Nobody could have guessed he was going to have a coffin spell. Not exactly. Murphy said he had a hunch that this would happen, so he brought a pack of cigarettes with him. But he wouldn't have called attention to the cigarettes if there were anything funny about them. Yes, it's all very puzzling, Sprightly. You're telling me. Gosh almighty, Annie. There you go again, Sprightly. Huh? You resented MacDonald mentioning it. Oh, you mean my fingernails. I'm sorry, Annie. When I got excited, I... Yes, I know. Well, I'm not the only one who has bad habits. Look at Murphy over there. He's tugging at his earlobe, just like he said. Yes, so he is. <laughs> but to get back to the problem, Sprightly. Yes? Huh? Well, what's the matter? Lose something? No, Sprightly. I think I've found something. Huh? Sprightly, listen, I've got it. I'm right. I must be right. It's the only possible answer. Answer? Answer to what? I've just discovered who murdered Dr. Jensen. Annie, do you mean it? I certainly do. Then, then say something. Who killed Jensen? Tell me. Or better yet, tell Inspector Collins. No, not yet, Sprightly. Don't call him. I just need to think for a minute. Think? What's there to think about? Plenty. It's not just the killer we want, Sprightly. The person who poisoned Dr. Jensen is just a tool of a bigger organization, a pro-Nazi gang. We can nab a murderer, yes, but it's even more important to get the whole dirty crowd. Sure, but how? I have a plan. Listen, this radio station has its own telephone switchboard somewhere on the premises. A private branch exchange. Do you think you can find it? Why, why yes, I think so. Then I want you to go immediately. Tell the operator who you are and what you want. And make her let you listen to all telephone conversations coming through her switchboard during the next half hour. Do you understand? 
Well, yes, if she'll let me. Show her your police courtesy card. It's signed by the chief. That should convince the operator, I hope. Okay, Annie, but what will I listen for and what should I do when I hear it? I don't know exactly what you'll hear, but it will be a call asking for help in a hurry. When it comes, you'll need to use your own judgment and ingenuity. That's a tall order, Annie, but if you're sure you know what you're doing... I do. Believe me. And now... Mr. Murphy, are you finished over there? I believe so, for the time being. For now, anyway. MacDonald, I'll talk to you next. Yes, sir. No, wait. Inspector, I've got something to say first. Mr. Murphy, do you agree that it's extremely important for Dr. Jensen's commentary to reach the public? Why, why, yes, Miss Rogers, but under the circumstances. I believe you had originally scheduled the speech for a rebroadcast to the West Coast at 1 a.m., didn't you? Why, yes, that's true, but... Then couldn't I read the speech at that time? Would you be willing to, Miss Rogers? I would like nothing better. It might be dangerous. I realize that. Well, it could be arranged, I suppose, if I could leave here. Speech or no speech, nobody is going to leave the studio until I identify the murderer. Inspector Collins, you know me. You know Sprightly. In fact, you've known me for almost as long as I first started reporting crime stories at the newspaper. Now, do you really believe that we had any connection to this murder? Or do you think we're secretly a pair of homicidal maniacs? Okay, that's enough. You can go if you want to. Thanks so much, Inspector. And Sprightly also? Yeah, her too. And let me see. I'll need someone to help make arrangements. There's no reason Miss Morris can't come, is there? She wasn't in the studio when Dr. Jensen was poisoned. All right, all right, she can go. Well, come on, Sprightly. Are you ready, Miss Morris? Yes. Oh, Mr. Murphy. Do you want me to take the script copies to the office? Yes, thanks, Miss Morris. No, leave those papers alone. Like I said before, nobody and nothing is leaving this room until I say so. Except for Miss Rogers, Miss Poole, and Miss Morris. Then everything is set for Miss Rogers to read the speech? Good. Thanks. Good night. Everything arranged, Miss Morris? Yes, Miss Rogers. The broadcast will go on at 1 a.m., as originally scheduled. Good. You don't seem at all worried about it. Worried? Are you sure you want to go through with it? It might be dangerous, as Joe McDonald said. Nevertheless, someone must do it. Will the same staff be on duty? Yes. Muller at the controls, McDonald and Murphy. Fine. Hmm, not twelve yet. I'll have time to get a cup of coffee, I guess. Why, yes, but your assistant? Oh, she won't be back. I send her home. She's sound asleep by now. Huh, I see. Well, there's a coffee shop downstairs in this building. It's open all night. But confound it, Inspector. I tell you, I've got to make a telephone call. It's vitally important. Well, all right. But make it snappy. 
I've still got some questions I want to ask you. Okay, Flatfoot. Hey, Mac! Are you almost done with that phone? Uh, just a minute. That's right. At one o'clock. I'm putting her on the air and taking her off. I'll see you right after the broadcast. If there is one. Anything else, miss? We have some nice apple pie. It's really good. No, just the cup of coffee. I don't have enough time for anything else. But thanks for asking. Pardon me. Is the seat taken, miss? Hmm? Why, why no? Then, if you don't mind. Of course not. I had hoped you wouldn't, Miss Rogers. You know my name? Indeed, yes. Now, Miss Rogers. Yes? I would advise you not to scream or raise your voice. Wh- what do you mean? I mean that my hand is in my coat pocket, and in that pocket is a gun. I should hate to be forced to use that gun, Miss Rogers. You? Yes. You see, we cannot permit you to broadcast Dr. Jensen's speech at one o'clock, or at any other time. It would be most embarrassing. So, I fear I must ask you to rise from your seat quietly and come with me. You can't. We're in a public place. Quietly, please. I am a very nervous man, Miss Rogers. There. Now you're displaying common sense. Go to the front door and don't make the mistake of trying to slam the door on me. I am a very nervous man. Well, which way? Straight ahead, Miss Rogers, to that black car at the curb. Very well, but... Anne! What? Who is this? Get down flat on the sidewalk, Anne. Go ahead! Fascistas! A trick! Put your hands up, you Nazi snake! Up! Nine! You won't take me... <clears throat> nice work, Inspector. Beautiful timing. Are you all right, Anne? Yes, I'm all right. But that Nazi? Is he... You didn't? No. He's alive. Oh. He'll live to tell us the names of the rest of the gang. Then Von Gruner was the head of the spy ring. But he wasn't the one who poisoned Dr. Jensen. That was... Miss Morris, Mr. Murphy's stenographer. I couldn't believe it when I found out, Miss Rogers. She's been with us for almost five years. That's the diabolically clever part of the Nazi organization in America. They find ways to hide, in plain sight. But, uh, Miss Rogers, I'm confused. She wasn't in the studio when he died. No, but her evil handiwork was... It was laying on the desk right in front of him. What? The speech she had so carefully retyped, and then painstakingly treated, 
with small dabs of a quick-acting alkaloid on all the edges. You'll remember she marked Dr. Jensen's copy with his name. That way there would be no chance of any slip-up. But how did you ever figure it out? Dr. Jensen himself supplied the answer when we were joking about Sprightly's fingernail biting. He told us that he was a thumb-wetter, remember? He said, When I read, I lick and turn and lick and turn. The Nazis, who make it their business to know everything, knew that. He turned one page, licked his thumb, and died. It was smart work, Anne, to have Sprightly listen to all the telephone calls. So as soon as she heard that young woman talking to Von Gruner and telling him you'd be alone in the coffee shop, she came racing over to me. I almost didn't believe her, but she managed to convince me. And just in time, too. Oh, wait! Speaking of time, it's almost one, isn't it, Mr. Murphy? Almost. Then shouldn't we better go over to the studio? Yes. And Annie? Don't worry. I'll make sure it's a brand new script and all that. But for Pete's sake, please keep your fingers out of your mouth while you're talking. I don't think I could stand going through this with you twice in the same night. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Hot Copy Radio Theater. We truly hope that you enjoyed our presentation of Murder on the Air. A lost episode of the radio audio drama Hot Copy, originally broadcast on Sunday, January 23rd, 1944. Our cast on this episode featured Rhonda Sigler Ware as Ann Rogers, Samantha Thompson as Sprightly Poole, Christian Newhouse as Inspector Collins, Jerry Kokich as Von Gruner, Dan Ware as Dr. Eric Jensen. Kelsey Olivieri as Judy Morris, Glenn Haskell as Otto Mueller, Scott Barry as Joe McDonald, Chrissy Talon Sage as the coffee shop waitress, and yours truly, Logan Smith as Bill Murphy, and also as your announcer. This episode was adapted from the original script written by Nelson S. Bond. All sound effects are from freesound.org. Hot Copy Radio Theater is produced and edited under the direction of Jim Goodluck. Now, if you like this show, please take a moment of your time and go to Apple Podcasts, also known as iTunes, then give a five-star rating and review for Hot Copy Radio Theater. And, if your favorite streaming service carries this show and allows you to give a rating, please be sure to rate us on there also. Finally, if you would like to contact any of the voice actors from this episode, or if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions in regard to this show, please send an email to hotcopyradiotheater at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter as at hotcopyradio. In addition, we have a Facebook page where you can make comments and give feedback. We invite you to tune in again on the 10th of each month for another thrilling presentation of Hot Copy Radio Theater. <coughs> Nicotine. Cadmium. Benzene. 
ammonia, arsenic, formaldehyde, hydrogen cyanide, carbon monoxide. These are just a few of the 7,000 chemicals that can be traced from cigarettes. Tobacco-related deaths are expected to rise to around 8 million annual deaths worldwide. Put down the cigarette and don't be one of those people. You can quit. For free help, visit cdc.gov tips.